So just in starting the message off, I want to do a bit of an illustration. I'm going to ask Robin to come up. So firstly, Robin, can you just tell everyone, who, for those who don't know you, just a bit about you, what you do? That should be on. Hello. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm married to you. That's a good thing. <laughs> I have four boys. Um, I work down at Early Learning a couple of days a week. I work for you a couple of times. A couple of weeks, or all the time. <laughs> um, I am blessed. <laughs> I study, doing my diploma in childcare. Uh, I have a wedding coming up. Mm. Um, so it's fair to say you're busy. Yeah, very busy. Yeah, especially ironing your shirts. Ironing my shirts. Yep. I, I, I actually iron most of my shirts. <laughs> I can iron. Oh, I do a lot of washing. You do a lot of, yes, that's true, with four boys. So it's, it's fair to say you're very busy with everything that's on in life. Yeah, I am. Do you ever feel like you're in a washing machine? Yes, yes. Do you ever feel like you're juggling all sorts of different roles, responsibilities, chores, things yes, that happen? Yes, trying to get my head into all those. It's a bit stressful. Yeah. But I do it. But you do it. So that could be a little life. bit, that could be a bit of a, an example. This is, this is life. This is the busyness of life. So that's my life. That's, it could be an illustration of your life. Busy. But there's certain things that you really like. Yes, yes. Certain things you're passionate about. Yes, very passionate. I would assume most of those things are on these rocks and there can be a list of other things. But these are all the things in life that are actually important to most people. Right. You have to get them in the bucket of life, but you cannot go over the top. So as you see, she's breaching the surface of the top of this. You need to let her know that she's gone too high. So but you have to get all of those in there. So would I put the most important things in there first? You can put in whatever you like. Okay. I'll explain which ones you're picking up as you put them in. Um. You just have to fit those rocks in here. Can you hold this for a minute? So, um. Time for self. She thinks that by moving the stones, it'll make more room. Keep going. It doesn't. Relationships and family. This one needs to be in there. I'll put this one away. That was spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll put him in. I'll put him in the bucket. Service, community and church. Yep, yep. <coughs> Maybe if I push it down it might. Well, there's still a bit of room. 
it's only a job. Um, yes, sir? Your, uh, your life, your bucket. Children? <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not, I should have probably put that one in first, but <laughs> I didn't like that one. <laughs> so now, uh, I mean, you can, you can shuffle. You can shuffle some of these if you need to. You might be able to pull a couple out and make room for others. Just leave, leave the spouse one in there. <laughs> well, where we go, like, over here? That one, and then... You don't have time for that. <laughs> Would you like another option? Um, no, you're not yet. I can't read employment and vacation. <laughs> get rid of employment, keep the vacation. There's always room for vacation. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think this is going to work. All right, we'll, we'll look at another option, shall we? Okay. What if you start again? Consider what might be important in life and see if you can get those things in the bucket. I suppose employment is important. Can you guys hear me? Um... I'll put children in. Um, community service and church. This is a bit easier. Um, vacation. Um, got to get this right. Um, relationships and family. <laughs> Spouse has to go in there. <laughs> you have to make room. Okay, spouse is in. Spouse is in. Sharper than a sword. Sharpening the saw. That was one oh, she saw. left out before. I couldn't get it in. Didn't have time to sharpen the saw. Um. Oh, look. So all the important things in life have mattered. Now these are all the little extras. Is it is Oh, there's a couple buried. Oh, no. Lucky God's watching. Oh, it was time with myself. I didn't want to miss that one, Jesus. Now, these are all the other little things that fill up. See if there's room for them. Uh, I reckon I'd... Is that all right to do that one? You can do that one. Might be slow. All this in with all that. Well, these are just all the extra things in life. See if we can. Are you trying to get me to hurry up or something? All of it? To see what can fit in. The main thing is you've got the big rocks. Ah, oh, okay. The important okay. things in. There's often room. Oh, here we go. 
for many other little things in life. Oh, look, I did it. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. So what did you learn from this? Um, putting these in first is important. Putting the big rocks of life in is important. That's right, they're the major, major things to Okay, put in. thank you very much. You can sit down. Not a problem. But the reality is, the big things in life matter, but they're often the things that we, we don't have time for. All these little things, we allow that to swallow up our time, spiritually and physically. So today's message I've titled, Have You Got Rocks In Your Head? Now normally that's an insult, but I want to look at it from a different perspective today. Are, you, are the rocks in your life your primary focus? Are they the things that you're saying are number one in my life? Are they the things you're saying are important? Now, the reality is we all have to work at this. We don't necessarily have it perfect every time. Who's ever failed at managing their time besides me? We all have to continually work at that. And we can, we can ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and grace in that. But I want you to think just really quickly in your own mind, four or five things in your life that you would say are really important. Just make up a really quick list in your head, then just yell out a few different things. God? Family. Motorbikes? Family? The reality is, it's what's important to you. Some people might go, <laughs> motorbike. Others might go, the Harley. But it's what's important to you. So a few other things. Faith? Work? Nature? Self-care? Good nutrition? There's lots and lots of good rocks that are important to people. Hobbies, definitely. But did you notice that not every one of those rocks that were yelled out are spiritual? We said, you know, walking in nature is important. Uh, hobbies are important. Motorbikes are important. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. But a lot of the rocks in our lives are aimed at satisfying the soul and the body but the spirit is a little bit like what happened at the start. Well, I'm a bit too busy to pray, so we'll leave that one out. And, well, the weather's really nice, so I might go on a motorbike trip today. So, church, haven't got time for that one. And we fill it up with other things. I'm having a dig at Henry. <laughs> Who's here? Who's here, yes. <laughs> But there's so many things that we do in life that we say these are more important. And I want to challenge your thinking this morning that you reshape how you think things and say not only are the rocks important and the rocks are going to be part of my life, the spiritual rocks are going to be the first thing that I take responsibility for. Now we tend to run on a calendar or on a schedule something a bit similar to this. And I saw this this week, it's a great illustration some things are important, some things are urgent. So if you look at this, this box here, the first one, quadrant one, are deadlines, problems, your spiritual development, important phone calls, emergencies, things that come up that you have to deal with right now. You get them in life, you get them in business, you get all sorts of things. So they're important and they're urgent. Now the important things are things that are related to your goals in life. 
Urgent is stuff that happens now. So if it's important and urgent, it has to be dealt with now. It's an important part of life. If you don't deal with these, they're going to cause problems further down the track. The next one, personal development, learning and upgrading skills, fitness, exercise, leadership development, dreaming and planning for your future, and rest. These are not urgent, but they're important. They're part of your life values. These are things that don't put pressure on us. Urgent puts pressure on us. These things we have to choose to step into and do. The third one, not important, but urgent. Unannounced visitors, meetings, casual conversations on irrelevant matters, ringing phones. They're things that happen, things that just tick on throughout the day. And the last one is stuff that's not urgent and not important. It might be reading addictive novels, so therefore spending lots and lots of time. Um, spending mindless hours watching TV or playing online games like Fortnite <laughs> or social media. <laughs> who loves Fortnite here? <laughs> I know someone who doesn't. <laughs> but there's a lot of ways we can spend our time resting. And rest isn't a bad thing, but quadrant four is not important, not urgent. Now, if we need to rest, Rest might actually come up under not urgent but important. But we can have excessive rest. We can sleep too long. We can watch too much TV. We can spend too much time on Facebook. So there needs to be a balance. But the reality is, these two here are the ones we spend most of our time on. Stuff that's before us, stuff that's here now, stuff that's thrown at us. That's why our bucket is so full of these little rocks all the time. And there's no room for the big things because these things dictate our lives. People who have no plan, no vision for their life, tend to spend a lot of time including this as part of their life. This one here is usually used by people who are disciplined, who have vision, who have purpose, who know where they're going in life. But they have to work at it. It requires intention in what we're doing. So life is a little bit like a clock. Everything we do is governed by time. I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to go here, I have to go there. Everything is based on I have to, becomes urgent, rather than I would like to. So what if we changed from the clock concept and we were governed by a compass? A compass says this is the direction I want to head in life. This is where I want to go in life. Rather than being disciplined by only time, I'm now saying, with the time that I have, I want to achieve this. We need to be governed by more than just the simple things. Time has become our measuring stick. But like with budgeting, we have to start with the end in mind. This is why I budget, because I'm saving for a holiday, or spend time on family, or whatever else. But if I don't plan for it, it's not going to fit in the bucket. So budgeting requires planning. Time requires planning. And beyond that, your spiritual life requires planning. Because your spiritual life will fit in that second quadrant that you actually have to work at. It doesn't come urgently. You have to make it work. Sometimes things may override how we feel. 
So I want to look at some of the spiritual rocks that God has said these are important, that we have to have these in our life. And I guarantee you, if you put the spiritual rocks in the bucket first, and then the other rocks that you see as important in my life, motorbikes, computers, whatever else, there's nothing wrong with those. Nothing wrong with hobbies. We have to have things that we can have downtime on. But there are non-negotiables that God has said, these are in my word that you have, to, you have to adhere to. So the first one is loving God. In Mark 12, 30, it says, you will love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The first commandment means this is the most important thing. You have to build a relationship with God. Number one. Number two, the verse after it, says, and second is like it, you will love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So these are the first two rocks that need to go in your bucket of life. You need to make these fit above everything else. The next one in 1 John 3, 17, but whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? If you see people in need and you go, nah, I'm too busy, not interested, I'm saving for my new motorbike, I'm saving for my holiday, I'm saving for a new car, I'm saving for this, I know you can't afford to send your kids to school, but that's your lot in life, that's your problem. Or, I'm actually going to bless you. You know, as a church, uh, a number of years ago, we had money saved for a building fund and there was another church down the road that was about to build. And the eldership here, this is long before my time, felt we're going to give our building fund money to that church to further the work of the kingdom. There are times we have to give because if we're supposed to be people of God, we have to be looking with a servant heart. How can I serve the world? So we look at those first three and we say, well, these are, these are rocks. So our mission statement as a church, loving God, loving others, serving the world, is more than just a mission statement. It's a life statement. The next one is tithes and offerings. You say that one's important? Yes, it is. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what way we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, this, even this whole nation. And some people might say, well, isn't tithing an Old Testament principle? Well, it starts in the Old Testament. It actually starts, as far as I'm concerned, in the Garden of Eden. But we see it all the way through life. And it's affirmed in the New Testament. Paul affirms it in Corinthians. Jesus affirms it in the Gospels. But we've got to go beyond that and say, well, the Old Testament principle is that, therefore we have to stick to it. The New Testament is a better covenant. Amen? Two people agree. We have a better covenant with the new covenant than the old. So the financial blessing God wants to bring is greater in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verses 6 to 8 says, But I, this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, for you always having all sufficiency in all things, have an abundance for every good work. So under the Old Testament, there were conditions. You have to give this, you have to give this, you have to give this. Under the New Testament, God's saying, you actually set the measuring stick yourself. As much as you give, I'm going to see that and I'm going to provide blessing beyond that. Luke chapter 12 says, 
Where your treasure is, your heart also is. Now the reality is we can very easily say people who refuse to pay tithes and offerings or refuse to, to give generously are self-centred. How can I say that? Because the Bible says we set the standard for our giving. And if we're commanded to give, it's not because God wants to take money. It's because he says, I want to richly bless you. I want to give you more. I want to provide for you. But you set the standard for this. So if we're going to be self-centred, we're saying, I'm not going to give to God because I don't trust he's going to see things through. But God has never, ever, ever failed us. Amen? I'll move on before I'm stoned. The next one, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And the last one is prayer, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 13. It starts off, in this manner, therefore, pray. So we look at things within the Bible and we see there's, there's a number of things that we are commanded to do. The, the, they are there for our blessing. It's not God saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I've given you 168 hours of the week, but I actually want 70% of that for me. That's my time. You, you can't do anything. You can't have any fun. You can't do life. What he's really saying is, I'm setting these rocks up for you. And if you will put these in as part of your life, everything else will take care of itself. Reading the Bible, making disciples, loving others, tithes and offerings or financial stewardship, serving the world, personal spiritual growth, loving God and prayer. They're the basic rocks. When those things start going in our life, all the other things start working out. Amen? And as you look through your Bible, there's so many things that we can see that God says, if you do this, it's good for you. So if, if we're looking through the Bible and we see something, God says, this is good. You need this. Add it to the bucket. Let your bucket list be a Bible list. Matthew 11.30 says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The things we put in this bucket are the stress. Uh, it can bring stress to our life, but if we put the things of God in the bucket first, everything else will follow suit. I had a, um, just recently... I had a dream, I woke up um, middle of the night, I think it was about two o'clock, and I ended up staying awake for several hours, uh, thinking and praying on a number of things, but I got woken up from a dream that I had that I was on my knees with a gun to my head and I was about to be killed for my Christianity. And I was looking at Justin saying, please don't give up, don't let God go, don't ever, ever give up, and then I woke up. And I look at that and I, and I started thinking, have I done enough? You know, we've got Nathan, our second one, about to move out of home at the end of this year when he gets married. We've got two more. My role as a father is to disciple my children. So I need to make sure that my kids are getting enough. So what we did, I pray with him every night. We, we talk God a lot, but we stepped up and we said, we're going to do a devotion in the morning as well on top of the other things. I've got to find ways I can inject God in as much as possible. Fathers, don't ever let that responsibility lie to your wife or others. 
And if you're a single parent, the responsibility lies with you. Train your children up in the way they should go when they are old, they will not depart from it. When my kids grow up, I want to see them fill their bucket with the rocks that are important, with the same rocks that the Bible says. Our kids will do what they see us do. If our kids see us reading the Bible and they, and they hear us talking about it, they'll say, well, this is an important part of life. It'll become part of their life. If they see us making disciples, if they see us loving others, if they see us giving, and that's an important one. The kids need to see us giving. They need to understand these are the principles in God's word from financial stewardship because they may come to a point when they're older when God says, I need you to go on the mission field and do something in a third world country and I need you to start believing for your own finances. They can't suddenly turn around from the middle of Africa and go, Mom, Dad, I need some money. They need to know how to trust God that God provides. Those things come from putting these rocks in your bucket first. As the kids see us loving God and worshipping God, they see this lifestyle that when they grow up, they say, why would I want to do anything else? I've seen nothing but good fruit come from this. I was listening to a message this week. When Noah and his family went on the ark, who went on first? Who knows? No, out of, out of his family, who went on first? I'm not sure. I'm just asking if anybody knows. <laughs> but I do know who went on last. Noah went on last. He was the eighth person on the ark because he was going to get on that ark knowing my family is on the ark. When I close that door, I know my family's on the ark. And we have to make sure that our family is on the ark. We have to make sure that we're doing everything we can to train our children up in the way they should go so when they are older, they too will be on the ark. Because I know that Satan is doing everything in his power to try and take us down, to take us off the ark, to get our kids off the ark. He just wants to destroy their lives. My job as a father is to make sure my kids are on the ark. Amen? Amen. That's your job as well. Don't wait till one day. Don't wait till uh, a few more things are done. We wonder why our life isn't matching up. We wonder why our finances are struggling. We wonder why our kids are going off the rails. Have we put the things, the rocks in the bucket? Have we trained our kids? Some of these rocks are important and they have to go in first, otherwise there's no room. We have to put the spiritual rocks in the bucket before we see anything else work. And people might say, well, that's, that's old-fashioned. There's so many things available nowadays. And, and when you look around, church is just another option for people. You might look and say, I've had a busy week. Sunday's a beautiful day. And those two hours Sunday morning, it's a really, really impractical time. I need to get out in the garden. I need to go, uh, go out with the family because I haven't seen them for five days. Or I was out with the boys last night at a party and I just need to sleep in this morning because rest is an important part of my life. Church is an option for so many people. But it needs to be one of the rocks that goes in. Connect groups, mixing with people, making disciples needs to be one of the rocks that goes in. Worship and prayer time and reading the word needs to be a rock that we put in. These have to be rocks that go in first before anything else because all these little things, they're all going to come up day in, day out. Satan will make sure your bucket is full. But you're in control of your bucket. You're in control of what goes in there.
First Chronicles 6.15 says, And Jehozadak went into captivity when the Lord carried away Judah and Jerusalem by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. But God never intended for Israel to be in captivity. We can often blame God for our state of life. We can blame him for how things have worked out. But I'm responsible for the rocks in my bucket. And the consequences of Israel being carried away to captivity, they were consequences because of their actions. And time and time again, you read through the Bible, they, they, they recommitted their lives to God, they got everything sorted out, and then they went off the rails and they started worshipping other gods. On, off, on, off, on. And I can't believe it as I read it. I'm going, are these guys nuts? Have they got rocks in their head? Yep, just the wrong rocks. But we're responsible. There are consequences for our actions. And I want my kids, the consequences for my kids to be good. I want the outcome of my kids' lives to be good. I want the outcome for my life to be good. God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. His plan is the one we need to be seeking. The rocks that go in the bucket need to be his rocks first. He's got a plan. He wants to see you blessed. He wants to see you doing well. Unfortunately, some of these small stones, things that might be a distraction, maybe watching a movie, they can become bigger stones over time, unimportant stones that we allow. Sometimes we have to remove some rocks to make way for other rocks to go in, but you will fill your life with the rocks that you want. Make sure the spiritual rocks are first. Because I would hate to one day stand up in heaven before God and have him say, I gave you a bucket and you totally missed it. I don't want to get to that stage. I want to know that the rocks in my bucket are the rocks God wants in my bucket. He's got a plan and a purpose for each of us. And the reality is Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Put the main rocks in first, and God takes care of the rest. Amen? Let's all stand. Father, we thank you that, that you are a good God, that you, that you love us, that you care for us, that you provide for us. I thank you that there is no one like you. I thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for our lives that is a good plan and that you've said your yoke is easy and your burden is light, that you don't want to strain us or drive us or, or wear us out. But Father, we thank you for the rocks that you have shown us and we ask that each day that you will speak to us, we ask that each day as we press in that you will show us the things you need us to do for that day. We thank you for your provision, we thank you for your life, we thank you for your love, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your plan is to give us a hope and a future. Father, we choose to step in and put your rocks in first. We want to thank you for who you are, we want to thank you for what you've done. We acknowledge you as our Lord and Saviour. I just want everyone to pray this prayer with me because you, you, might, you might look at this and go, you know what, there's been a number of rocks that I've left out. There's been a number of rocks that I just, 
I haven't allowed for, and I've allowed my bucket to be filled up with, with gravel and stones, things that don't matter. I've wasted time. But where you're standing is your starting place for where you go from here. Where you're standing now is your starting place. So let's all pray this together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that you've given your life for me. I ask your forgiveness for the times I've let you down, for the times that I've sinned, for the times that I've failed you. I thank you that you love me, that you care for me, that you forgive me. And I choose this day to start putting the rocks in that matter to you. I surrender to you. I ask that you lead me from here on and I glorify you and thank you for all you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to make sure that the rocks in your head are the right rocks. Go out from this place saying, my life from this day is going to be different. Like I said, the place you're standing is your starting place. The race starts from here. So make good choices. As you go out from here, encourage people, stir them.